If you brought your Bibles with you this evening, turn please again to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, the ushers have extra Bibles. Hold up your hand and they'll get one to you, let you use one of ours, and turn to 1 Corinthians 12. We've been on a uh, subject for some a number of weeks now called Places and Graces. And I sense that we're nearing the completion of this one for now. We've been on it for a while. And uh, I know I'm, I'm more established than I've ever been in these truths about graces and places. And I, I've taught on some of these things, not, not exactly like we have done here, but some of these things for 20-some years now. And, uh, man, I see it on a whole nother level now. But it is, how many agree, it is vitally important that we find out where we fit and where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. Because life is short. Soon and very soon, you and I will be out of here, one way or the other. So uh, we better work and walk while we have light, as Jesus said. 1 Corinthians 12 has been our main text through this. Let's look at it again. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 said, As the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. There's only one body, and no matter what your nationality, no matter what your background, everybody needs to be in the body of Christ, and the way you get in is to be born again. For as the body is not one member, but many, if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased Him. Every one of us that's been born again is a member in this great body. And He tells us that the body of Christ is very, very similar works so much like a human body. And uh, he is the head, Jesus, and we are the body. Now, I'm not the body. I'm a member in the body. You're not the body. You're a member in the body. Our church is not the body of Christ. The ministry, you know, and sometimes people forget that. They get to thinking, well, we're it. No, we're, we're a part of something. And man, the last few months in particular, I've just been growing in awe of how big this thing is. You know, when you and I get to the throne, (laughs) we're going to realize how vast this thing is. There are millions like us. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about churches and uh, ministries that are comprised of many more millions of people. Now compared to the billions on the planet, 
It's a relatively small percentage. But when you add up everybody that's already come before us in all the previous generations and everybody that's on the planet now and everybody that will be before he comes, this thing's big. I said, this thing is big. And uh, what the Lord was dealing with me about, opening my eyes to, is that there are so, there's so much of the body of Christ doing absolutely nothing. Nothing. Vast portions of the body are like they're dead. It'd be like a part of your leg or side of your body that's dead. You can't move it. You can't. It's not dead, but it's doing nothing. Well, this affects the output of the overall body, doesn't it? And then there are others that do a little bit, just a little bit, and act like they've done something big. <laughs> and it's just a small fraction of what they're capable of. You know, it's not by coincidence that the Lord has us on Sundays talking about fruitfulness. And being more fruitful. And it really is sad that some people that have so much opportunity, so much ability, and they do a little token thing and act like they've done so big, they're going to they're gonna be sad when they realize how big this thing is and how what they could have done to make at least some kind of contribution to this big thing. And acting like they did a little nothing, acting like they're hanging the moon, they don't realize how big this thing is. God's big. I said he's big. He is, you have to, have to talk in tongues. And then you don't tell half of it. He's big. Have you ever looked into the night sky? Have you ever looked over the Pacific? He's big. This is just one of the planets he made. Right? He is really big. (laughs) And his kingdom is big. The Bible tells us soon and very soon, there will be no U.S. of A. There will be no European nations. There will only be the kingdom of God. That's all there will be. Is that true or not? Big. Well, you and I, even though this thing is so big, every one of us is a vital member and have a specific place. He has set the members, the important ones. What did the verse say? Hmm? Every one of them. That means you. That means me. Every one of us has been set in a specific place in the body as it has pleased him. Now we went to scripture after scripture. We saw in Romans. We saw in Ephesians. We saw in First Peter. Where it said to every one of us has been given grace. And been given gifts. So every one of us has been graced and gifted. And every one of us has been ordained to a set place. We've talked about this before. Uh, let me review a little bit. We said uh, our associations. And our locations, the Bible said the boundaries where men live and the times and seasons they live in, the Lord has ordered this. Why weren't you born 200 years ago? If the Lord tears is coming, why aren't you born in future time? Because this is your time. This is when you're supposed to be. Hmm? 
Why weren't you born in China instead of Arkansas? Or somewhere else. Because here is where you were supposed to be. And the people that you've been around. And the influences that you've been under and around. Including up to the present day in this church. Are ordered of the Lord for you. That's not saying everything that happened in these places was of the Lord. Because people have a free will. And have done some wrong and foolish things. But the time, the season, the locations, the associations. Have been of his plan. Now go with me please. The scripture that we've looked at already. But uh, in Isaiah. The first chapter. I want to talk to you tonight. Maybe better accurate to say. I'm believing the Lord to talk to you tonight. About the safest place on earth. The safest place on earth. There's a place where a body part is safe. Let's take the brain. (laughs) Very important body part. Wouldn't you agree? But really quite fragile, isn't it? God had to specially make a place for the brain. It's just amazing how the skull grows and the changes and the kind of impacts your head can take and still be okay. I know I've tried mine out. Oh, boy, as a boy, I was all boy, and I grew up in the country, and I swung from the trees. I thought I was Tarzan, and I wrecked go-karts and mini bikes and motorcycles, and I slapped my head up against rocks diving in lakes. I got scars all over the place. I checked mine out, and my brain's still working. Glory to God. But how many know outside of the skull, it'd take hardly anything to destroy your brain. It's really fragile. Your heart, your lungs, your organs, God made a place for them, didn't he? There's a a cage, isn't it? I mean, your ribs, your, your sternum, your, your backbone. Man has not been able to make anything like bone yet that is that strong and hollow and that light. There's no more, I mean, titanium, nothing. I mean, we try, but <laughs> we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But what am I saying? If a body part is out of its place, it forfeits its protection and is vulnerable to destruction, damage, and destruction. What are we saying? It's dangerous to be out of your place. 
Is that true concerning your body parts? This is not a stretch now. Is it true? Is there any other place your brain needs to be than in this wonderful protective helmet with this cushion of fluid? I mean, it's it's perfect. Is there anywhere else your organs need to be than in this protected cage? They need to be there. They need to be in that environment. They're protected from germs. They're protected from impact damage. They're protected from all this stuff. But only if they're in their place. Take them out of their place. Now it's all a whole other deal. Exposed. Somebody say exposed. Exposed. And vulnerable. Subject to damage. Isaiah 1. Most of you know this verse. But let's look at it again. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. What does it say? If you be willing and obedient, what will happen? You'll eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, what will happen? You'll be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, devoured. Devoured. Now we talked some about this during the offering uh, last week. About being protected and kept from the devourer. From the destroyer. Does the Lord want us devoured and destroyed? Or does he want us eating the good of the land? Do we have something to do with which one goes on? Whether we're protected and kept and blessed and increased And enjoying the best. Or whether our life is being consumed. We're being devoured. We're being destroyed. The Bible said that the devil. Goes about. As a roaring lion. What's he looking for? Seeking whom he may devour. I know he can't just come in and do it. He's got to find access some way. And verse 9 tells me something that I can do. Doesn't it? What does it say? See, here's more than one thing. I can be sober. I can be on the watch. I can be vigilant. And I can resist him. Steadfast. And didn't the Bible say resist the devil? And he'll jump on you and eat you up. Now, <laughs> what does the Bible say? Resist the devil. And he will flee. He will realize You're one of them he may not devour. And he'll go and try to find somebody else that he can. And it's sad because sometimes all he's got to do is go down the road to the next church. Well, they don't believe in this. Well, they believe in you just never know. And it's not up to us. And there's nothing we can do. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that makes us free. Somebody said out loud, I can be sober. I can be watchful. I can be vigilant. I can resist the devil and not let him destroy my life. The Bible tells me this. Now go with me, please, to 
the book of Job. Can any good thing come out of Job? Yes, it can. Job 13. I tell you, before you read chapter 13, just go to the first part of the book, Job 1. Then we'll jump over there. Without reading these two chapters, if you've read them, you know it. But if not, take the time later on to read the entirety of them. The Bible said that Satan came up and accused Job to the Lord. Do you remember that? And he is seeking judgment against him and he's seeking destruction. He's seeking to destroy him, isn't he? You've read this, you know this. This is good news. How many know if it's up to the devil, he would have destroyed Job a long time ago. He's been trying to and couldn't. He's been looking for a way in. He makes mention of the fact that God had put a hedge. This is not a physical hedge. This is a spiritual barrier of protection. And the enemy couldn't get to him. Couldn't get access to him. I don't know how many years he'd been trying. The devil hates a righteous man. But if there's anything he'd hate worse, it's a righteous billionaire. Because <laughs> in this world, money talks. And Job was just such a man. He was not just a righteous man. He was also the richest, most righteous man in the whole country. And everybody in town wanted to do what made Job happy. All the companies in town wanted to be friends with Job. And they know you can't act like a heathen and hang with Job. You can't cuss like that when you're around Job. If he hears you and sees you doing that and knows you treat your wife that way and know that you do your kids that way and know that you lie and steal, he will pull your contracts. You won't do business with him anymore. He's influencing the whole country. Oh, come on. Can you see this? He's influencing the whole country. And the devil is just fit to be tired about it. And he has done everything he's known. He is seeking. Can you hear it? He's seeking. He's seeking. He wants to shut Job up and take him out. Why? Because he's influential. He has a voice. (laughs) You hear people thinking, well, what about the rest of it? You need to get this part first. Get this part. Or you won't be ready for the next part. And the Bible said... That Satan went forth and he caused the Chaldeans to come and he caused the storms to come. And then finally in chapter 2 and verse 7, Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to his crown. Now, friend, if you're honest, you know the answer very plainly. Who caused the terrible storms that killed people? Who stirred up the people that came and robbed and killed? It was the devil. Where did the boils and disease come from? 
Satan, Satan, Satan. Do you see killing here? Do you see destroying? Do you see stealing? Who did it? Tell me who did it. Satan. The devil did it. Is he devouring Job? Yeah. No, he's doing it now. He had been unable to. For we don't know how long. But he's found access. And he's doing it now. Now let me just jump ahead. How many know Job does not end sadly? <laughs> you know, some people all they know about Job is 42 chapters of pain and suffering. And I guess I'm just like poor old Job. If you like Job, we need to shout. Because Job wound up healed and delivered twice as rich as he was before. Historians tell us that this whole ordeal may have happened in less than a year. Might have been eight or nine months. Job had a rough year. (laughs) But this wasn't his whole life and it wasn't everything that defined him. You've had a few rough days here and there too. And the thing that made the difference in Job, one of the good things we need to talk about is James tells us that Job persevered. He would not quit. He wouldn't quit. He made some big mistakes. For one thing, we know the devil got access to him. We're going to talk about these things in just a minute. He made some very big mistakes, but the thing that saved him is in spite of all that, he wouldn't quit holding on to God. Even though he was wrong about some stuff, he was confused about some stuff, he was hurting, he said some things he ought not have said in his pain and in his grief, but he'd always come back to this, I'm going to hold on to God. I'm going to believe in God. Even if I die, one of these days I'm going to see him. I'm going to be with him. And it was that That got him through the death of his children, the turning of his wife against him, the loss of his billions, the loss of his own personal health. How many know faith in God will get you through anything and everything? Just don't quit. Don't quit trusting God. Now we know fear was a factor. In what happened to Job. He said the thing I greatly feared. Has come on me. And we see in other places. That that is a spiritual law. Just like what you believe. What you have faith for. Will come on you. What you are afraid of. And what you fear. Can come on you. It's a perverted form. Of faith. Fear is perverted. Faith. You're convinced of something, you're persuaded of something, and you're expecting something to happen. It's just bad. But I don't think we've gone far enough with this. Yes, his fears came on him. But there's something you do that allows the fear in. You'll see it here. In the 13th chapter. Job 13 15, this is a statement that Job said that is well known, and there's good in it, 
and there's bad in it. Job 13, 15, what did Job say? Though he slay me, talking about God, yet will I trust in him. Now, here's something that'll be an eye-opener if you hadn't thought about it. Job had no information or any revelation that there was a devil. How would he know there's a devil? He's not privy to what you and I read in chapter 1 and 2. All he knows about is God. And that's why he says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's saying, even though if I'm thinking the Lord's taken away from me or he's killing me, I'm still going to trust him. Now, there's nothing wrong with that trust in him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It was that persevering, that dog on a bone tenacity that got him through. He said, I will never quit trusting God. His wife, you know, said, curse God and die. Why do you want to drag this thing out? I mean, he was in a miserable condition, wasn't he? He's sorrowing over the loss of his children. He's in so much pain. He can't lay down. He can't sit down. He can't turn. He's got boils all over his body. He can't sleep. He can't get any rest. His wife said, just... End it. Just get it over. He said, no. You talk like a foolish woman. Whether the Lord gives, whether the Lord takes away, he doesn't know it's the devil who went back and did this stuff. Or if the Lord kills me, I'm going to trust him. And that's why we got this book in the Bible. (laughs) And that's why it ended the way it did. How many know that will get you through the most awful times in your life? There will be times you don't know why, you don't know what, or why not, or why this did, or why this didn't. And there will be all kind of questions, and there may be pain inside or outside. But how many know you can look up through your tears, you can look up through your ignorance, through your questions, through your failures, and say, Lord, I don't know, but I know this. My God lives, and you're real, and you're my Father by my faith in Jesus, and you said you'd never leave me, and you'd never forsake me, and I will never turn loose of you. I'm holding on to you, and I will not quit. That man, that woman will not be consumed and totally devoured. They will come up. They will come out because he always causes us to triumph praise the Lord I want you to notice the rest of this verse though here is one of the biggest problems what did he say though he slays me yet will I trust him but I will maintain my own ways before him. This is one of the big things he had to repent for. 
later on. Listen to another translation. Amplified says it like this. Though he slays me, yet will I wait for and trust him. Nevertheless, I will maintain and argue my ways before him and even to his face. I don't think people have seen this as clearly as they should. This is a problem. And this mentality and this attitude is a door opener to fear, which is a door opener to the destroyer. Young's literal translation says it just that way. He said, only my ways to his face I argue. That's not okay. I said, that's not okay. I'm going to argue and maintain my ways in God's face? Uh Uh-uh. Ain't no way you can make right out of that. (laughs) That's why when God spoke out of the whirlwind, he says, Who is this that darkens counsel without knowledge? Because Job had said, I wish God would talk to me. I would tell him this, and I would tell him that. God said, here I am. Somebody wants to talk to me out here. It's a Keith Moore paraphrase. <laughs> Heard somebody wanted to ask me a question. Want to tell me something. Tell me how it ought to be. Because Job was saying, this ain't right. I'm a good man. This ain't right. This shouldn't be happening to me. Basically, he said, God is wrong that he let this happen. And God is wrong that he hadn't already showed up and done some stuff for me. And I wish he was here because I'd tell him myself. (laughs) But after God talked to him for a few minutes, (laughs) have you read it? (laughs) He said, oh, God, He, he said, I have opened my mouth once. Yea, twice, but no more. I am done talking. <laughs> and then God said, well, I said, something else I want to say. Mm. <laughs> and he listened, and then he said, I repent. I abhor myself in dust and ashes. I have said things I shouldn't have said. I had no business saying. He repented. And right after that, God turned his captivity and healed him and gave him twice what he lost. Children and money and everything. Didn't he? And the Bible said, God, you, you see two things. James talks about this. You see two th- You see the persistence of Job and you see the mercy of the Lord. That's what you're supposed to get out of these 42 chapters. You're supposed to read all that and you're supposed to go, boy, that Job, he hung in there. He said some stuff, but he hung in there. And you're supposed to say, oh, God is merciful. Look how merciful he is. And he was. Why do I say all that? Perhaps the greatest danger, the greatest thing hindering you from God's place for you and God's plan for you is your plan for you. Your ways. Who can the enemy devour? He's seeking. 
He's looking. We know fear is an operative here. We know if the enemy can get you and I in fear, what we fear can come on us. He can work it. But I don't think we've backed up to see how does the fear get in. If you are maintaining your own ways, you cannot keep the fear out. Did you hear me, saints? That's the problem. If you hold to your plan and your ways, you can't keep the fear out because your heart knows. You've chosen your way instead of his. You've chosen your plan instead of his. And you can't keep the fear out because you know. I'm out of place. He said, I'm going to maintain my ways and argue my ways to his face. And that opened the door to the fear, which allowed the enemy access. There's more involved than that, but that's enough to have in mind right now. Go to Proverbs, the first chapter. Tell me what's the big enemy to God's plan in your life? Your plan. Your ways. Your choices. That's why I've said more than once in talking about this. You know, parents tell their children, honey, you're, you're smart, you're, you're handsome, you're beautiful, you, you're so gifted and have so much ability. You can be anything you want to be. You can, uh, you can do anything you want to be when you grow up. Be anything. You want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, uh, you want to be a business owner, you want, to, you want to do this and that. That is not true. I know parents mean well, but if Jesus is your Lord, it's not up to you to decide what you want to be and what you want to do. That's already been decided for you. It's not up to you to decide what you want to be and do. That would be your plan, your ways. It's up for you and I to discover by His grace what we've already been foreordained, predestined. Because he has set every member in the body as it has pleased him. He's graced every one of us. And how many know if you're a hand, you best not be trying to be a foot. If the brain is out of its place, it's exposed. It doesn't have the protection that it has in its place. And you and I are that way. We are protected in our place. We are prospered, anointed, graced, and kept if we're in our place. But if you get out of your place, you're exposed. You're out of your place. You're out of your grace. You're vulnerable. And that's who the enemy may devour. Think about it. He's also compared to the wolf. Isn't he? And Jesus is the great shepherd. And we are the sheep. Where does the wolf look? If you got a really good shepherd. And he's got a a kicking rod and staff. And he's trained in all the martial arts. And he can open up a wolf's head with one blow. And you know that and you've seen that. Then you want to stay away from him. And also it's dangerous for you to be close to him. Which means that is the safest place for the sheep. Are y'all with me now? 
So if you're a smart wolf, where are you going to look? Which sheep may you devour? The out-of-place ones. The little independent-minded sheep. Doing their own thing. (laughs) That is delight to a wolf's eyes. The shepherds said, come follow me. And the smart ones are bumping into his heels. Because this is the safest place on the planet. The psalmist said, my soul follows hard after thee. What does that mean? If he stops, you're going to run into him. (laughs) Excuse me, Lord. I'm uh, I'm just going to be right here. (laughs) John, whose claim to fame was he's the one the Lord loved. You look at the supper uh, where they were together, and where was he? His head was right here on Jesus. He's right there like, hey, Lord. Right here. Smart. Smart. Where's the safest place in the world? Safest place on earth. It's not the town or neighborhood with the lowest crime rate. It is not the place where your money is the most secure. It's not the cleanest town with the lowest toxins. That is not the safest place for you. Tell me where the safest place for you is. It is right in the middle of His will and His plan for your life. That is the safest, most protected place for you on the planet. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You get out of that place. You follow afar off. Jesus says, come on, let's go this way. The other little sheep falling right behind. He's not the good cowboy. He doesn't drive the herd. He's the good shepherd. He leads and it's up to the sheep, whether they follow or not. And if you you get an attitude and you go, ah, look at him. He says, hop and they hop. You know, I'm my own man. Or sheep, as the case may be. <laughs> I think for myself. And I'll go when I get around to it. I've been wanting to try this. I've been wanting to try the grass down over there in that valley. <laughs> There's somebody in the bushes going, do it. Yeah, get way over there, away from where you're supposed to be. Get out of sight and out of calling. Get Yeah, go on, yeah, yeah. And he'll follow and he'll watch. See, predators look for the weak and the vulnerable. They look for the exposed. And the Bible tells us the devil is that way. That's what he's seeking. He's looking. He's watching. He wants you to stop going to church. He wants you to stop reading your chapter. Stop praying. Yield to your flesh. Do your own thing. Because those 
are the ones he can devour. You don't have to try to think to put this together. You see it happening in people's lives. Don't you? It's happening. Is there a safe place? Where is it? It's where you're supposed to be. Doing what you're supposed to be doing. I know some years ago. A friend of mine. Myself we went on a mission trip down in Central America. And while we were there. There was an overthrow in the government. While we're out of country. I mean part of the guys inside the fort. Jumped over the wall. Started shooting back at the guys inside. They took tanks and surrounded the Capitol building. I mean it was, an, it was a military coup. It was an overthrow. Internal deal. And man, we're out in the mountains building, literally building a church out of lumber. And some of the other guys and, and the girls were down in the streets passing out tracks and doing things. And uh, you could feel the fear. Oh, man. People started grabbing their kids and started running. And you heard machine gun fire right down at the end of the road there. And you see these jeeps come screaming through and you hear some more fire. And, you know, I, I never experienced anything like that in this country. Thank you, Lord. We got a lot to be thankful for. But the fear in the streets, the look in people's eyes. I mean, people were scared they're going to die right there in the street. And so we got in the truck and we got our little cells out of there. And we, we got back to the compound, which was in the middle of all of it still. And we got in there and the guy that was overseeing it, he said, let's all get in the floor here and pray. And we prayed some and, and he, he looked up at us and, and calmed us. I'll never forget his words. He said, uh, how many really feel like the Lord led you to come down here? And do this. I knew I was. It was supernatural. God spoke to me. I was not going to go. And it was supernatural the way he did it. And the way he provided it. And my friend too. I didn't have to hesitate. I knew. He said do you know. You're safer here. In the will of God. Than you are back home. In your cushy bed or safe neighborhood. You could get hit by a bus. Anything could happen to you. Out of the will of God. He said you're safer here. In the will of God. Than you are anywhere else. Out of the will of God. And when he said it. It hit my spirit. I knew it's right. I knew it was right. Where's the safest place. On the planet. Help me out. The safest. Most secure. Most. Where you're spared. From loss. Where you're spared. From damage. Being stolen from. Being killed. Where is it? It is in. The place of his perfect will. In the place. Jesus said no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. How many of that's true? Ain't nobody bigger than God. If you're where he puts you doing what you're supposed to be doing. And he's keeping you. Nobody. Nothing. No disease. No criminal. No weather. Nothing. Do you believe it? Nothing. Nothing can touch you. Glory. But now out of your place. Is exposed. We hadn't read this yet have we. Let's read uh, Proverbs 1. First. Verse uh, 30. He talked about individuals that wouldn't listen to him, wouldn't listen to the wisdom of God, wouldn't follow him. And he said, what's going to happen? Down about verse uh, 30, 
He said, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. When he corrected them, they didn't receive that either. Therefore, shall they eat the fruit of what? Of what? Their own way. And be filled with their own devices, what they came up with. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Who's a fool but those who won't listen to God? But whoso hearkens to me, whoever will listen to me, what's going to happen to them? They will dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Glory. Are you going to listen to the Lord? Are you going to follow his plan for your life? What's the big enemy to that? Your plan. Which you would come up with. Before you go to Malachi. Go to the New Testament. In uh, Luke 17. This is not as obvious to many as it should be, because there has been such a a drifting away of all of humanity from being led by the Spirit and putting the Lord first. You've got millions of Christians. They believe in God. They believe in Jesus. They believe in coming to church and trying to be a good person. But they don't think twice about just coming up with their own plans. And say, I want to do this. And and I want to have that. Well, what does he want? They look at you like you said something strange. Like, well, I. They've got their plan. Sometimes from the time they're young. Or the time they're in college or whatever. They got a plan. I. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my degree in this. And I'm going to get married. We're going to have three kids and a dog. uh, And we're going to do this. We're going to live in Virginia. And we're going to uh, do this. And then we get. Wait, wait, wait. Have you asked the Lord? They look at you like, huh? Because they just believe that everything is of God. And we're just going to pray that the Lord would bless us. Bless what? What you came up with. Well, all I want is three kids and a dog and a house and a picket fence. Is that too much to ask? Have you asked the Lord what he wants? Well, that's not unreasonable, is it? I want to be married and I want to have kids and and I want to have some money. Is something wrong with that? Yes, yes. It is something wrong with that. What did he say? Have you talked to him? Have you asked him? A lot of stuff people think is so innocent, it's not innocent. It's a replacement for God's plan. And even though the things in and of themselves may not be evil and may not be sin, if it's not God's plan, you're exposed. You're going to have destruction. You're going to suffer loss. Did you hear me? Well, I just don't understand. Why the Lord let this happen? I just don't understand why the Lord did. Did you go to him first? Did you ask him if you should even be there? If you should even be trying to do that? 
Well, what's wrong with that? If it's not for you, it's wrong for you. In and of itself, it may not be a bad occupation or a bad profession or a bad thing to do. But is it the Lord's plan for your life now? People make their plans. They pursue things. They didn't ask the Lord. They didn't clear it with Him. That exposes you. Makes you subject to loss and destruction. Did you know the Lord will let you do whatever you decide to do? Hmm? Right, wrong, His will or not? Hmm? How many remember Israel wanted a king? Remember that? They wanted a king. Was it his will for them to have a king? He even helped them pick out one. Didn't he? And it wasn't his will? Think about that. He will help you as much as he can. Everywhere he can. He will help you. But he told them, it's not going to be right. He's going to do this. It's going to cost you this. Did they have trouble out of their kings in the future? Oh, God. Did they experience some destruction? Were they consumed? Was there some devastation? Because see, they, from that point on, they're never in the perfect will of God as far as how their country's being run. Now, he blessed them. He gave them good crops. He gave them some victories. He did a lot of things for them. But can you see their limitations now? Because this is something they came up with. There have been times in my life that something I wanted to do. I think particularly about 30 years back. And I prayed and prayed and thought, well, okay, you know, maybe that'll be okay for me to do. Lord didn't say I couldn't do it. <laughs> and it didn't work good at all. And then there was another thing or two. I prayed and prayed, but I didn't hear from him. I just prayed and decided to do it. How many of just because you pray doesn't mean you heard from the Lord? You can pace back across the floor, run, die, shun, die. Yeah, the Lord said be okay. Great. Let's do it. Never heard from the Lord. Finally, after a few rough things, I got in the floor. I put my nose in the carpet. I said, Lord, I don't want you to let me do stuff. <laughs> I want to quit this. I want to find out what you want me to do and do that. But for in order to do that, you're going to put your flesh under because it's different than how you think. And you're never going to see it all or know how it's going to work. And so many times it's different, you know, even from things that you're sure about yourself. I mean... I was sure I was not a pastor. I was sure. But here we are. <laughs> and it's one of the greatest things ever happened in my life. <laughs> you got his plan. You got your plan. And don't sit there and think that you've never tried to interject your plan in front of his. Do not act like that. We live in a world where it is not even noticed if you don't ask God what his plan is. I'm talking about at church. I've just been shocked talking to ministers at times. 
They talk about this, and they talk about that, and they talk about the other. And I say, well, what did the Lord say? They look at you like, huh? Oh, he's trying to be spiritual. (laughs) No. We need to check in with the big boss. Right? He's got the plan. And if we don't have it, we need to wait till we get it. Because what we come up with is not okay. He's not going to say, "Yeah, I like yours as good as mine. Great, we'll go with yours. Not going to happen. Not now, not ever. Yours will take you away from his. And every step you take away from his is a sheep away from his shepherd. Vulnerable. Exposed. Well, all I want is this. Is that so bad? It is if he didn't tell you that was what's for you. You got to be willing to go with what he says. Yeah, but I, I want to be married. What if he says otherwise? Well, I want kids. What if he says otherwise? Not now. What if he says, wait, did you ask him? I want to live here. I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah, you want to. What did he say? If you don't know, that's your first order of business, isn't it? Get quiet. Humble yourself. I learned some time ago, this thing I I went through talking about, Lord, I don't want you to let me do stuff anymore. I figured out at that time, and I've endeavored to do it since then, and it served me well, to just not come up with any big plans of my own. (laughs) Because you're just going to have to die to them anyhow. And if I don't come up with them, I'm just better off. I don't know if you understand that or not. <laughs> I had people look at me and say, well, what do you got in mind about this? What do you got in mind about that? I had people ask me about this land back here. What are you going to do with that? Whatever he says. <laughs> we could do this or we could do that. We, no, we can't. We can only do what he said. I know people look at you strange, but I don't run this place. Ah, yeah, you do. No, I don't. I don't. I endeavor to do what he directs. He's real. You can hear from him. What are we going to do? Whatever he says. What might that be? I'm not going to let myself go there. Because it'll just muddy up the waters. You mean you don't have any idea? That's right. What about the, you mean you haven't thought about it? I refuse to. No, I'm not going to let myself. I want to keep it clean. What's me? What's him? Is it important that I keep it clean? How about you? Is it important that you keep it clean? Keep it distinct. Keep it separated. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Is it dangerous to do your own thing? Oh, it is. You're not supposed to just go to school wherever you want to go to school. You're not supposed to just move wherever you want to move. Do whatever profession you decide you want to do. You need to hear from him. You need to hear from him. How many understand if it took three weeks of fasting and praying... 
How small is that compared to wasting 30 years of your life? And being exposed to all kind of accidents and failures and failed marriages and failed professions and diseases you shouldn't have to deal with. Are you listening, friends? So much of this is because people are out of their place. They're in the wrong place and they're exposed. And they're being devoured. But there is a place. Tell me where the safest place on the planet, the safest place on earth, where is it? There's a place where nothing can touch you. Oh, there's a place where the wicked one touches him not. There's a place where the devil circles and he looks and he seeks and he tries and he can't. He just can't. Because you're doing what he told you to do. You're being what he told you to be. You're in your place. You're in your graces. And you're surrounded by the hedge. You find Malachi. We talked about it at least. We referred to it. Malachi 3. Well, I've always wanted that since I was a little girl. That doesn't mean a thing. Since I was a little boy, I always dreamed about doing that. So, that could just be you. Hmm? Got to be willing to say, here am I, Lord. Not my will. Anybody want to say it out loud? Here am I, Lord. Not my will. Your will be done. I'm willing to die to my ideas. I'm willing to die to crucify my ways, my plan, my vision, my dreams. I'm willing for them to die and to have yours. Are you? Please. Be willing. I'm telling you, the plan of God is exciting. You don't know <laughs> what you're going to do, <laughs> what you're going to be. Uh, I grew up, my dad worked night shifts. He used to come wake me up at two in the morning, eat popsicles with him when I was a little kid. <laughs> and uh, so I started out night owl, and uh, I worked night shifts myself, and I you know, man, I, that's just how I grew up most of my life. And so early on in ministry, I started saying, well, you know, I'm a night person and I'm a night person. And I must have said that too many times. And the Lord said to me one time when I said it, he said, what if I need you early in the morning? I said, well, then I need to be there and be fully operational <laughs> and ready. He said, then you need to be an anytime person, anytime I need you. See, we set limitations on ourselves all the time by stuff we just come up with. I'm this and that. Well, who said you that? You need to be what he says you are. Period. That's it. What does he say you are? We are what he says. We do what he says. Can you take a little more? Malachi 3. We, did, we never read Luke, did we? Okay. You didn't say anything about it. 
Let's read Luke before we go to Malachi. Let's not, not miss out. Luke 17. Phyllis and I care about you. I do not want to see you consumed. I don't want to see your relationships destroyed. I don't want to see your health destroyed. I don't want to see your finances destroyed. I don't want to see the devil chewing on you, devouring you. Because you're a child of God. And you're redeemed. But I know, no matter how much you know, how many verses you can quote, how loud you can pray in tongues, if you do your own thing, you're going to be devoured. To what degree that is varies, depending on how far you go with your own thing and, and all that. But I don't want to see it. I want us all kept. Don't you? I want us kept. I want us healthy. Our kids healthy. I want our stuff to last and be blessed and not be stolen. Our relationships to be strong and the enemy not have access into them. There's only one way we're going to stay that safe. When people all around us in the world are being destroyed and consumed right and left, there's only one way we're going to be kept. And that's if we are every day submitted, fully submitted to the will of God and the plan of God. And every day we get up and say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, if I start coming up with something on my own, arrest me. Help me to see it. Uh, Before I go that way, check me if I start going some way other than, than your way. Arrest me. I'm asking you to. I'm inviting you into my life. Man, I mean, pick me up by my hair. You shake me. Help me to realize that's not my way. And when I see it, I'll stop. And I'll say, Lord, your way, your way, what you say, your will, your plan. Tell me again, one of the biggest enemies to God's plan in your life, one of the greatest enemies of you finding your place, your plan, what you would come up with. Luke 17, are you there? Luke 17, verse 33. Jesus said, Whosoever shall seek to save his life, what will happen? What will happen? He'll do what? How would you lose it? This is not a blessing, is it? You're losing something. Who's involved when it's stealing and killing and destroying and something is lost? The devourer, the destroyer. So it's obvious, when is the door opened up to the destroyer in your life? When you're seeking your own. And it can sound innocent. And we've already been through this, but let me go through it again. People say, well, all I want is just, you know, a little house. It don't have to be all that big. And just a little picket fence, maybe. And and that's all I want. What's wrong with that? Could be a lot wrong with it. All I want's this. All I want's that. What's wrong with that? Have you asked him? Have you laid yourself bare before him? It's a little whatever you say. Even though it sounds innocent, it can be rebellious. Because it's your thing that you want. And it's displacing his. I could have been. And Phyllis. In a hundred different places by now. 
People asked me to come on and work with them in this ministry. I could have been a song leader. I could have been a this, could have been that, could have been a evangelist here or a part of this school or a part of that or part of the other. And some of it looked great. Some of it looked like a great opportunity. We're not supposed to be led by opportunities. Hmm? We're not supposed to be led by money. Hmm? Sometimes people contact me about meetings and conferences and, and they'll bring up money or they're losing me right now when they start bringing up money because that's really supposed to have nothing to do with it. Nothing. It's dangerous to do something based on a selfish decision that takes you out of where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. You see people that were thriving. I'm thinking of a case right now where the man's wife was terminally ill. No hope the doctors gave her. And she was bedfast. And the kids, just terrible. Got in a good church. Learned about faith. Got to God. God raised her up and healed her totally. 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 She's strong, sound mind. I mean, she had lost the use of her body. God not only healed her, he gave it all back to her. The kids, they were headed for reform school or death, and God straightened them out. He got them saved, got them full of the Holy Spirit, talking about a call of God on their life. And dad just up and moves the family across the country Admitted there was no good church there for $10 more an hour. Didn't even, didn't even pray. Didn't even look. What do you expect happened? Bad things. Devouring. Immediately begin to happen in their life. They begin to lose. She begin to lose healing. They begin, kids begin to lose consecration. Well, you can't take yourself and never be fed and never be around the things of God or the Spirit of God and be okay. They left their place. They exposed themselves. I'm thinking of a family right now. The Lord told them to leave where they were and go be a part of a ministry. And I remember the look in their eye. They said, oh, Brother Keith, if God had just free me up from my debts and get me where I could go, that is the passion of my life. I want to go and I want to, I want to serve God. Would you pray with me? I said, yes, I will. And I'm telling you, it's easy for him to do. He did it for us years ago. I prayed. Do you know in just a few months, God had them debt free, debt free, ready to go. And I was surprised. When months later I hear they're not there. I'm not talking about fairy tales. I'm talking about people I know. Situations I know. And I'm surprised. I thought well maybe they're. Maybe they're just not going to make it this time. And in a few months. they Well more months passed. A year passed. I asked somebody. about. Well I thought they were going. Well they said you know such and such. And they just weren't sure. And. And they, listen, friend, when you ask the Lord and he moves for you like this and he does things for you, it's not a matter of you know or not. You know, you've experienced it and he knows, you know, everybody else knows, you know, and you stand up and say, if the Lord will just do this, I want to do this. And then you change. I'm sorry to say 
Just a few years later, family members dead and gone early, marriage destroyed. What is that? Devouring, destruction. Why? They're God's children. He loves them. Why? How can the devil do this to God's people? He's going around seeking whom he may. He can't just go in and devour when he wants to. How can he? You get away from the shepherd. You get out of your place. You quit following him. Where's the safe place? (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) I shall not want. He leads me. And what what do you do? What do you do? I follow. Where do you follow? You trail along behind where a wolf may reach out and grab you from a bush. If you got any smarts, what will you do? What will you do? You will pray. You will ask him every day and every night. You will seek him. Lord, your will, your will, your will. I want to be right in the middle. I want to be right on it. I want to be close. And if that's your heart and you're serious, he'll get you there. He'll keep you there. And year after year will pass and your mind will be clear and strong and your body will be good. And year after year and decade after decade, your children will be strong and good and kept and your marriage will be good and kept. And your money will just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate and your stuff will just accumulate. Oh, can you see the blessing of the Lord? It maketh rich and he adds no sorrow, no trouble with it. But he can't put his blessing on rebellion. He can't put his blessing on defiance, disobedience. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you refuse, if you rebel, you'll be devoured. The Bible says so. How many know that verse is just as true as the other one about eating the good of the land? If you seek after your life, your plan, your way, you'll lose it. You will lose it. It'll be eaten up, consumed, and destroyed. But, what the rest of it say? Whoever shall lose his life, you lose that that you had built up and held on to. I, I had ideas originally like anybody else. That's long gone. I was going to be of this. I was going to be of that. I am so thankful. I lost that. It was so little. It was so small. It was so. But it was mine. It was all I could come up with. (laughs) I lost it. Thank God. I lost it. How many know Paul talked about himself, all of his learning, all of his accomplishments in the Pharisaical ranks? He said, I count all that but dumb. It's gone and good riddance. That I may know him. Glory. Go to Malachi then, please. I'm thinking about closing, but is this important tonight? Is it? Oh, it is. It is. Is the Lord able to keep you and me? Protect us from loss. Damage, being devoured, being destroyed. Do we have something to do with it though? I hadn't seen this passage with 
uh, some light that I see it tonight here in Malachi 3. And I'm going to say some things, and they may sound a little strong to you, but uh, you just need to ask yourself the question, uh, is it true? Is it true or not? Malachi, the very end of the Old Testament, and the third chapter, verse 6, the Lord said, I am the Lord, I change not. Are you going to change him when it comes to his plan for you and the part he created you to be and No, you're not going to change him. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are what? Not consumed. Because he doesn't change. And if you stay conformed to him and he doesn't change, then you're not going to change or vary from his plan and you won't be consumed. But here's some correction he's given them. And you'll see how this is tied together. He said, even from the days of your fathers, you're going away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, said the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Are they confused about this? They're saying, what? What do you mean, return? What are we going to return to you? What are we going to give back to you? They were so far removed from his plan, they didn't even see it anymore. Some things were lost five generations ago. That's what happened to them. Some things were lost long ago. We didn't get it from our parents because they didn't get it from theirs. And they didn't get it from their church. Did you hear me? People have substituted. How many remember Jesus said, you have made the word of God of none effect? By your what? See, that's your stuff. What you came up with. Is there a problem with that? Yes, it opens the door to be consumed. The Lord's not obligated to protect what men come up with. His plan is protected. Not yours. Not mine. They said, where? He said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But they say, where? Where have we robbed you? He said, in tithes and offerings. Phyllis and I struggled with tithing early on, you know, 25 plus years ago, but not for many, many years now. You don't hear me talk about tithing all the time. I know people have aversions to it and folks want to argue and fuss, and I know a lot of people don't tithe. And my idea is preach the truth and set an example. And let the Lord deal with people. And that is right. And I intend to continue that. But friend. I'm seeing more and more. Tithing. Is connected to what we're talking about tonight. And it is. Much more than just writing. A check for 10%. Of your income. It is. An act of your heart and something you do week in, week out, month in, month out, saying his things are first. His plan is first. And he's first in everything. And if you don't do that and you're unwilling to do that with that part of your life, you're probably unwilling to do it in many other parts of your life. It's connected. It's joined. 
And it's one thing to just be ignorant of all this. And it's another thing to know it and just decide you're going to do it your own way. Well, I'm going to handle my finances my way. The way I want to. Sure you will. It'll be whatever you decide. But friend, I want you to be protected. Keep reading. Does he talk about protection in this deal? That's where this phrase we're so familiar with of the devourer being rebuked. It comes from this passage. And it's talking about tithing. He said, you're cursed with a curse for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat or food or ability in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Do you like this idea of the Lord rebuking the devourer where you're concerned? And him not being able to destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. This is loss. Says the Lord of hosts. What was it connected to? Not just connected to a 10%. Connected to his way. Come on now. What he said to do. Doing it his way. And friend, when it comes to your money, that's an acid test. I said, it's an acid test, isn't it? When it comes to your money, you worked hard all week. You got paid. You worked and you got that contract. You got this. You got that. You made the sale. You made the profit. And there's the money. Now, we're going to find out what's first in your life. Whatever you pay first. Whatever you buy first, whatever you do first, no matter what you say or what you shout amen about in church, that's what's first in your life. Isn't it? And no matter what you got going on or what bills you got or what desires you got, if you take 10% plus right off the top before you do anything else and you hold it up to the Lord and you say Lord I wouldn't have anything I wouldn't be alive wouldn't have any strength couldn't make any money if it wasn't for you and the first thing is first seek ye first the kingdom of God seek the advancement of your church and your gospel and I want your church and your ministries and your people to have all they need to get the great commission fulfilled here it is Two things God said I'm going to do for you when you do that. I'm going to open something up (laughs) over you and pour out something good on you. I'm going to open something and then I'm going to shut something. Can you see this? I'm going to shut something. I'm going to shut up. The devil's access to you and he will not be able to get to you and not be able to devour you, destroy you. Not going to happen. I'm going to protect you from loss and damage and destruction. Friend, this is not about just a 10% check. This is about God is first in your life. His plan is first. Jesus really is your Lord. 
Doing His plan is number one above everything. And you demonstrate it with the first fruits of your substance and your increase. Can you see this? I just know in my heart, in this church right here, there's been rough times this past year. And there's been some challenges prior to that. A lot of people in the country have lost, lost, lost. They have lost and they've been devoured and they've been destroyed. And it's not my personal business and I don't look into it. I do not, I don't look at all to see who gives what. Never. None of my business. But I know because I know the word. If you knew who tithed from their heart and who didn't, and you saw who lost and who didn't, it'd be very clear to you. Are y'all with me, friends? And who prayed and sought his will and didn't do anything till they got his plan and who came up with their own stuff and joined The Bible talks about a good king. Who was it? Jehoshaphat, I believe it was. Who made him some ships. (laughs) Remember that? Big investment. When you start building ships, because he was prosperous, and these ships would enable him to get even more prosperity, but he joined with the wrong people. Remember that? Ahab's bunch. And the Bible said those ships were destroyed before they ever got out of the harbor. Why? That was his plan. That's something he came up with. And it wasn't blessed and it wasn't protected. He's a good king. He's a good man in so many ways. But here he had a wild idea that he came up with his own. And how many understand when you're going to sink millions of dollars into something, you ought to, number one, hit your knees and ask the Lord. And if he would have really done that, would the Lord have told him it was okay to enter into contract with Ahab? No, he wouldn't have. That's why he didn't ask him. That's why he lost all his ships and all his money and all his stuff. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He will not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast a fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, everybody that sees and knows about it, will call you blessed. You shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory, glory, glory. Praise you, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I praise you. Oh, I bless you. I thank you. I give you glory. I magnify you. Listen to a contrast. Isaiah 66, verse 3 and 4 says, They've chosen their own ways. 
verse 4 says their delusions and their fears will come on them. Philippians 2.21 says, For all seek their own, not the things that are Jesus Christ. That was Paul's experience after dealing with a lot of people. He said they're all, they're all seeking their own. But listen to what Jesus said. John 5.30 Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. John 6.38, he said it like this. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Was the Lord kept? Until he said this. He said nobody takes my life from me. You remember they tried to kill him numerous times. He just looked at them and walked through the crowd. Disease couldn't touch him. Evil people's plans couldn't touch him. Could it? The devourer. The destroyer. Don't you know the devil would have killed Jesus? If he could have. Couldn't. Couldn't. Why? Every day when he gets up he says not my will. Your will be done. Did Jesus live in the palm of Father's hand? In the perfect will of God? Was he exactly where he was supposed to be? Every day doing what he was supposed to be doing. And as a result, the wicked one could not touch him. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.